Welcome, everybody, to the Motive Podcast. This is Shaden, and I am with Bree, my co-host, and we want to help you solve life's hardest, wow, hardest <laughs> problems and like the way you feel, like the problem of saying the word hardest. So we're going to talk about grief. Wait, before you go there, can we just notice that we need new podcast chairs because I can't even reach the floor. <laughs> She's... Uh, I'm really short. Short. <laughs> She's going to redo my, feet, my office and my make it work. My feet don't touch the floor. This is kind of Should funny. we just get like recliners? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then I'll fall asleep. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, it'd be bad. I can't podcast in a recliner. Does it, make, does it create grief for you that you can't <laughs> put your feet to the floor? Maybe. I was at a thing last night, the Ogden High School Auditorium, and I can't touch the floor in those chairs either. <laughs> just accept it, Bree. Just accept it. Uh, okay, sorry. Back to grief. Back to grief. So you asked me the question. So she, it's funny. We were talking about what we need to talk about. And she asked me a question. And I was like, uh, let's just start this because that's a really good question. <laughs> so do you remember what question you asked me right before we started this? No. Oh, come my on. My brain span right now is short. She's struggling. You so, guys, my neck injury sometimes like squeezes my brain. <laughs> it's that way right now. So this is the podcast something with Shaden Bertinoli and <laughs> Bree will be uh, sitting there today. No, no, something about grief. So you said, you said, do a lot of people talk about grief? Oh, yes. And I said, no, actually, they don't. But it's, In me, therapy. but it's me who brings it up to reveal to them that they're, it's not necessarily depression gotcha. they're going through. It's not necessarily sadness, but it's like a nuance of both of those, which is called grief. Huh. And they think, how can I be grieving? Nobody's died. Yeah. And that's one of the that's one of the blind spots of grief is that we've associated grief with death as we should, mm-hmm. but we have struggled to realize that grief is actually happening almost daily for people. Yeah. So, because when you it's like an equation, if you will, if you kind of think of so grief is it's loss. Yeah. It's it's loss and longing and longing for mm-hmm. exactly, and so, I mean, you think about it. How much loss can somebody have in any given day? You Quite can have the loss of a lunch appointment. Yeah. You could have the loss of something that never actually happened that you were expecting to happen. Yeah. It The list goes on and on. And then you can also long for things to be different, mm-hmm. which is where de- depression can come into that too. But uh, But yeah, it can come in in many different ways. And this is, we talked a little bit. Way back in the podcast when I discussed my neck injury, funny, that's, that's yeah. really bothering me today. Irony. Uh, irony that I grieved myself. That was really hard. And my healing process didn't start until I stopped grieving for the person I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the message today that to drive in is that grief is something that is scary. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough. It is hollow. Like it does, the, the the experience of grief is usually not great, uh-huh. and um, but it's absolutely essential for it's healing. Something you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and grief is an indicator of the love you had. I said, I think I said this in the po- in that podcast you just mentioned, but it's it, it's an indicator of the love that you had or the desire that you had for that thing, yeah, or that someone, yeah. And so to deny yourself that is kind of to to blind yourself to what so, what something meant to you. Mm-hmm. And so to go through it is really important. The thing is, is grief is kind of like that annoying friend. Yeah, I'm like, how, how do you... It just shows up. Uh-huh. And so when we're averse to it and we want to avoid it, that's when it's we can start living our life in ways that's avoiding grief. And that's... And it's very... 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, the word's not invisible, but it's just like, it's, 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 it's hard to detect. Well, and I think when it's a major, I correct me if I'm wrong, but something that's a big thing, um, that it just pops up unexpected sometimes. Yeah. You know? Because even for me, with my neck injury, I'm not grieving the death. I didn't die, <laughs> obviously. I'm mm-hmm. grieving, you know, but there are times where it pops up and it hits me hard. But what did die? My post-life. <laughs> your post-life? Well, it didn't because it no. already happened. But Just what the po- ability to do things that I would like to do. Exactly. You know? and Like so ski like, season's coming up. Mm. And I've thought about that. I've got to, you know, get that all squared away and... As my family's excited and talk about skiing and my parents and my siblings, we're all big skiers. Um, yeah, it's times like that where I'm like, mm, I that's can't, gone. I can't do that. It's yep. too dangerous. So <clears throat> I can be open. Maybe I have shared this, but so uh, one time, so I was talking to her name is Emmeline. She was a supervisor for me. She's she she's like a. In Alabama, she helped me get my my private practice going. It was oh, really? she was the the greatest lady and is the greatest lady. Emlyn, if you're listening to, I love you because I graduated I graduated college. Excuse me, I need a cough. <clears throat> I graduated Auburn and and Shelly and I decided to stay in Auburn, mm-hmm. in Alabama, and she had this extra office and said that she would lease it to me for a hundred dollars a month. Oh wow, that's cheap. <laughs> and give me weekly supervision. Really, for an hour. Which is an, it's required as you're getting your license. So I wasn't even licensed yet. Oh, gotcha. I was what's considered an associate therapist. So mm. she was like my, she was my supervisor. Uh-huh. And to get licensed, you have to turn in all of your supervision hours. And, and usually people have to pay another therapist to do that for them. For their time. For their time. That could be really expensive. And, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, because you usually just pay the therapist their hourly rate. Yeah. Because you're taking their hour. Yeah. She, $100 a wow. month. Like it was godsend. Yeah. And one time we were talking and so Shelly and I are now, we are probably six years into infertility mm-hmm. and hadn't met Kobe yet. And I think I was just, I just opened up to her a little bit and was like, yeah, you know, this is, it's been tough, you know? And she said, well, have you, have you grieved? And I said, um, I mean, I, I grieved like my dad dying and stuff. I think, you know, I think yeah. I have, but like, what do you mean? And she said, well, have you grieved? Have you grieved the blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy that you never had? Mm-hmm. And I like wept. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and she had the right to do that. I had given. I trusted her with everything, and still yeah. do. And she had the right. And um, she might not even remember this, but it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I had no idea. And she just, yeah, she said that it you, was necessary to grieve that. And and yet he's never been born. Yeah. And he never will be. Yeah. But as a kid and in growing up, looking at my dad and we had this great relationship. And then to think that, you know, you, you subconsciously just build the same framework in your head. Oh, yeah. Of what your life's going to look like as well. Yeah. And you, the only thing you can model it after is a lot of the time what you've had. Yeah. And what you look like and what your mm-hmm. kid's going to be named and who's the, Yeah. We well, all do that. And mm-hmm. added to the grief was... The fact that my nephew, Wesley, he literally, he's like my twin. Oh, yeah. He does look just like you. And when he was born, he looked even like it was, Uh it was hard. And Sydney knew that, my sister, she knew, and she's been so awesome about it and, Mm -hmm. and uh, just consider it. And I'm strong enough with it, but it was, it was definitely like a, 
like this gut uh-huh. like oh my goodness like there he is mm-hmm. and he's not my son mm-hmm. wesley i love you um, <laughs> but it was yeah it was but i didn't know that there was this lingering festering d- need that i had to acknowledge a loss of something that never existed yeah that makes sense and i promise you that are listening to this there are things in your life that are there mm-hmm. that you expected that aren't happening or that haven't happened or never will that you have not allowed to make you weep yeah <laughs> that you haven't allowed to just hit you and and and, and what that means to hit you is that, you, that you've accepted that's the word that comes in that you have to accept those things rather than mm-hmm. it takes mental energy to deny them yeah. to actually like no 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 like yeah, he has you know he, he could be born or I, yeah. I don't know, Emmeline, like, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it takes energy to push that out mm-hmm. and it takes pain to experience it. And it's it. something that's always there. Exactly. You know, and I didn't know that lingering in the background, mm-hmm. whether you know it or not. And so my symptoms were probably like, probably hurt my vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I think my willingness to connect mm-hmm. was a little bit down or receive love yeah. was a looking back. I can see like, yeah. Like I would love others, but receiving love from people was, was hard. It was kind of like, yeah, like it kind of was a dam breaker. Yeah. And I was afraid to almost let that happen for the, what I, I kind of, again, subconsciously knew the dam that needed to break. Yeah. And so then you protect it. And so you protect it by denying connection. And it doesn't mean you do it full fledged. It just means you kind of have your limit. Yeah, that and that, that limit hurts your happiness. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And I think my dad's death, although I did grieve it, had effects of how painful that was. Mm-hmm. And um, and inadvertently living beneath my grief was the phrase that I God gave me one time, that Shaden, you're living beneath your grief safely. Oh, gotcha. And I need you to go above your grief and go through it. Yeah. In order to do the things that I need you to do. So how do you help people move through that then? So number one would be, that's why I'm glad we're doing this podcast. This is really cool, um, is recognition. Recognition that grief is in every single person's life, not just people that have, I mean, COVID's created a ton of grief. Oh, yeah. Tons of it. Yeah. Way more than we would ever have thought. Mm -hmm. So acknowledging and recognizing that grief exists, and, and now let's just say you're focused on a loved one, the empathy you have, which means the understanding you have about their life is incredibly important yeah. because that allows you to be able to say, okay, if I was, if I were Shelly, why would she, what, you know, what could she be grieving right now? What's, what, what has she lost? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's, you know, like for her as a mom, like mothers lose, they lose a lot of things. They sacrifice a ton. (laughs) And so being able to assume with education and and empathy, like what she likely could have lost Mm -hmm. and then having, and then taking the risk of saying it, yeah, which is where most people fall because a lot of people that don't see their grief, they need someone like Emmeline did to me. She took the risk to say, Shaden, have you ever grieved him? Yeah. And it just, it's just like my, my, it's like my, my spirit could finally like hear this truth and honestly, like, <clears throat> have this have this moment of clarity that my emotions then also just like totally testified to it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a thing for you, yeah. obviously. So if you can do that for a loved one, that's what yep. you're saying. Yep. 
mm-hmm. loved one obviously being someone that that uh that trusts you that you've gained trust with to talk about very yeah you know detailed and intimate things that way and so saying it though or just even asking you know she said it super boldly yeah like she i think she did say like have you ever grieved and maybe she's listening she'd say no that doesn't sound like me but that's what i remember yeah yeah um as opposed to hey shaden can ask you a question and coming in from it a little like slower you know yeah what emily what do you what would you like to ask me and you know i i've been thinking about you and you haven't had you've never had a son and your dad's gone now and i've wondered if you've ever grieved that or mm-hmm. if you've ever thought about it and and if she had said it that way maybe she that actually kind of sounds more like her she's like the <laughs> gentlest person i think there's so many Most things gentle. though i'm just thinking you know like gosh just thinking about my own life of how many things we've gone through in the last year for example that would cause these situations there's a lot i would imagine if we sit and think about it there's a lot of things yep you know yep and and i fear and it's not even concerned i really do fear that there's a paradoxical effect happening with the increase of mental awareness knowledge mm-hmm. my fear is that we might be too focused on mental health in a way that's like like almost like everybody can think they can self-diagnose yeah and that they the 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 details of mental health such as what we're talking about right now how many people could consider what we're talking about right now depression yeah when in in all reality it isn't Mm -hmm. you've lost something you know divorces that's loss yeah i mean i mean you can just go through the list like just things happen car accidents lost jobs Mm -hmm. and and even just small things your son saying your son saying go to hell mom yeah that's loss yeah and so then we usually get angry with loss because we want to like protect ourselves instead of acknowledging like that hurt and that's lost because i didn't expect my son to say that to me yeah and so so once you get past then acknowledging it what do you do how do you go past that do you know what i mean acknowledging it um that you are grieving for something or helping someone else acknowledge that or see that how do you go past it yeah like what would be next it's not that's an interesting question because or is acknowledging it enough that's yeah it's kind of the answer where acknowledging evokes if it really is grief, it will evoke grief, right? Yeah. So then yeah. once the grief, what happens with all emotion, by the way, is it has a, it always has a shelf life, mm-hmm. always. And so grief, like with my dad, there's, there are times when it just hits the tar out of me. I mean, he's been gone a while now. Yeah. And, but it still hits so powerfully that I for just cry yeah. and weep. And then it's gone. And it could be like nine months a year mm-hmm. before I ever feel that again. But it's 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 accepting it in the moment and embracing it mm-hmm. for what it is because it's what again it shows that I loved my dad. It shows that I I desired to be my uh, father myself. Yeah, and that I had visions of what that would look like. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. And and so knowing why you're grieving, that it comes from love. Yeah, and, and that makes what sense. What you're grieving are two different things. Mm -hmm. Because for me with my neck, I remember, I think that just knowing that, acknowledging that within myself, all of a sudden it shifted my perspective. So the moment that you said... Admitting and saying, 
okay, the biggest problem here is, is that I'm longing, like you said, mm -hmm. for what I used to be able to do, particularly mm -hmm. as a parent with my kids and activities and, and in my life and just admitting that I am grieving that mm. allowed me to just move past it. You know what I mean? How long did you feel it? When you, once you accepted it, did it make you really feel like, uh, what do you mean? Like when you acknowledge it to yourself, uh -huh. was that a, a positive, like where it just felt uplifting or was it both where it was um, uplifting, but also made you just finally like maybe break down and like, yeah, I realize? think, I think I could see there was some clarity there, you know, that, that all of a sudden like the fog was gone and I could see that, Hey, you still have this really bright future. Stop grieving what you've lost you're you're standing back over here holding yourself back because you know what i mean almost like i was holding myself back okay. so i was able to have some clarity but at the same time that i had to admit that and that it was hard okay it was hard that i had to say no i cannot do those things and 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 no i'm not that same person but then i guess who can i be do you know exactly. what i mean what can i take from this and that's where it was twofold that i could see that on one side I was holding myself back because I was just trying to continue to be the same person. Mm -hmm. And once I finally admitted that I could go forward and, and figure out who the new me was essentially. There you go. And, and, and it, so it was, it was sad, but freeing at the same time, you know, yep. that there was that emotion of grieving and I, it was hard. That is hard. I like to do a lot of stuff that I just can't do anymore, you know? And, and that part was really hard, but at I think more than anything, it was very freeing. That's, and that's the forward. answer. That's the answer to your question is once you've acknowledged it, mm -hmm. you do something yeah. to move forward, even if it's tiny. So yeah. like for my mom, um, you know, who's a widow, like once dad died, it can take a while, you know, to just like, even just to, it almost feels like you're, when you grieve, you're also honoring so with, with actual death, like with my father, it's, it would just be, it'd be very, in, very weird. You know, if she had started dating, like right then, yeah, it's like, whoa, like you're not honoring but, this. But that makes me think I happen to be watching a live, a live stream of a very famous Instagrammer from here locally, whose husband died mm -hmm. and she remarried very quickly. And they talked about that. She and her new husband, mm -hmm. um, and about how they had to just do what was best for them. And mm -hmm. it was somebody she had known for years and years and years and that they had to set strict boundaries with other people mm -hmm. and to recognize for them, that's what made sense for her and all yeah. her five children. And I would, and I would consider that more of an so outlier. I think, yeah, but I think that you have to, I don't know, I guess I just was thinking before you said that funny enough that I think you can't judge people in their grief, I guess, because you're not the one going through it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. Sorry, keep going. And everybody <laughs> grieves. That's a good point. And yeah, everybody but we all differently. grieve differently. So that if you know, for your mom to be able to grieve that way, maybe different than somebody else's grief, a different way. I, I don't know. Absolutely, just made me think about no, that. No, totally. But remember, grief, grief isn't over. No. So when you lose something, depending on its power, it's never going away. No. Yeah. And so that's where you accepting the fact that grief exists, you know, is essential. Like if you're listening now and and can acknowledge to yourself that you think you probably are a runner when it comes to grief, like uh -huh. running away. That's, that's a need to probably come in. But even then, if you don't come in, figure out for yourself, 
how you can learn to accept it and yeah. feel it and know that it's to, to be human, to love is to grieve. Yeah. And so it's going to a deny grief is also in opposition of all things is to deny love. Yeah. You can't just deny one without the other. It doesn't mean it's black and white, but it means if I'm denying my grief at 75%, then yeah, I'm probably denying love at 75%. Yeah. But going back to what you're saying, I think that is really important. And that's where I guess I admire what this person is doing because okay. she continues to honor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, know, exactly. Her deceased husband. Exactly. Over and over and over again. Yeah. So moving forward for her was different than others. Mm-hmm. And it was more of a of a bigger step yeah. than for others. And for some people, it's it's like making their bed again. Yeah. It really is. Like for some people, it's just showering every day. Mm-hmm. is a is a way of like doing things normally again and uh and doing things that do remind them of like what is the day to day and what is normal but then when the normal like you experienced can't happen yeah letting that be have grief and yeah. create it you know and setting for me it was setting teeny tiny goals like you said yeah okay i can walk for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> slowly on a flat surface but i can do that so i'm gonna do that you know what i mean but yep. i had to set a very small achievable goal and once i got to that point then i could set a new goal yep totally i think my um i could have never known this without the death of my father that it's one thing to grieve what was and the loss and then the, but then I didn't really understand the longing piece for a while until I was bawling my eyes out while mowing my lawn one time. Mm-hmm. And then th- there's been many other experiences where just even helping my mom at her house or something where just knowing like this is something my dad would have done. Yeah. Or like when I was mowing my lawn, like it was like this realization of I'm a dad too. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, and just my dad's not here for me to ask him questions or he would be proud of me. Yeah. Boom. It's just it's right then. Yeah. I imagine hits. that creates a lot of longing and for what isn't going to happen. Exactly. And yeah. so your neck injury is no different. And anyone listening, any, it's just life happens. And we, ex- we, 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 it's human to expect tomorrow to look like today. Mm-hmm. And when it isn't, that's grief. Yeah. And to accept it, and to then acknowledge it, like we said, and move forward, takes a, it's a process. Yeah. And also to allow it to come back because it will, it'll come back whenever it wants to. Yeah. You can't control or you can, you can attempt to control grief, but it'll ruin your life. Yeah. In le- instead of just, instead of accepting the fact that grief is a, is an honorable and, and beautiful I think, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I brought this up in the last podcast. Okay. <laughs> but the Cinderella movie, go home and watch this. But they talk when Cinderella's mother dies, okay. and he remarries. She's the the you know the the commentator, whatever in the movie, you know, narrator. says the narrator. Thank you, says something about the new stepmother that she'd also known grief, but she wore it wonderfully well, or something like that. Oh, you know, and so I think that you can see that sometimes that you see that in people that it's they wear it very well. You know, it's interesting because you. You brought up the question early on of like, well, what can you do for someone? And that that brings up a new point of if you you can only help people as much as you know yourself. Mm-hmm. And so like 
Emmeline obviously knew her own life and the things that she had to grieve and the things that she lost. And I I don't know what those are for her. But she could recognize that. That she could recognize that. It wasn't just an education that she read in some book. Yeah. I guarantee it. To have that type of detail and insight to say it that way shows how much awareness she has about herself Mm -hmm. to be able to know that if I were Shaden, I would have felt this way too. And I can relate to it from this thing that happened for her probably like maybe even 30 years ago. Yeah. But then to access that to, to connect and to have that empathy, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's life right there. Right? Like just being willing to know yourself. And so again, and, and it's, it's totally a, you know, throwing this in there with our, our program or our course that we've, we're, we've released. But if you want to become way more self-aware and powerfully self-aware, take the course, Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll change your life. I promise it'll show you things. Like if you learned, if you learned something today about grief, then yeah, Yeah. the, the course will teach you about all of your emotions Oh yeah, and more, way more than that. And so you deserve it. You deserve to know it. And the people you love the most deserve it. Because your ability to minister and, and love them will increase tenfold because of your awareness of yourself. And so you'll know the answers to the questions that you didn't have before. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So, okay. All right. This is so good. <laughs> I love this. All right, everyone. Have a good one. And we'll talk to you later. See you. <laughs>